2: C.P. from Fan TV checking in with you guys. Special guest on tonight's NBA Draft Q&A. This is a guy who eats, sleeps, and drinks NBA Draft and lives by the moniker, the NBA Draft Junkie. It goes by the name of Raphael Barlow. Raphael, how you doing tonight, man? Thanks for joining us.
3: No problem, man. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me
2: on. Absolutely, man. You're another guy whose work on the draft uh, I really respect. So definitely wanted to have you on address the fans and uh, let's kick it off with your uh, mock draft because in in your latest mock draft you had the Knicks going with one Ob Topping at number eight. Well, what do you think about Topping and and what he could bring to the Knicks, bro?
3: Well. Um... I, I guess it was on, on my draft channel, somewhat of a controversial pick, which I think no matter who I They am, all are. They all are. Yeah. So uh, my, my skin is thick. I can handle it. But I think that, um, I, in my opinion, I think Toppin is the most NBA-ready prospect as far as coming in and being able to contribute right away. I mean, he's a little older than the rest of the guys in this draft class. There's some issues about his defense. But offensively, I just think that he's the most NBA ready to come in and contribute. And in my opinion, if he goes to the Knicks at eight, I mean, he would be my choice for for rookie of the year. I mean, I know it's super early. We don't even have a season start date yet. But I just think overall, um, like I say, he's, he's ready to come in right away and contribute.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think obviously he's the most NBA ready. He is uh, going to be 22. Is he 22 already or 22 entering the draft? I I, I, I
3: I think I think it'll be twenty three by the time the season ends. Um, so, so so what do yeah. you think
2: about that? You know, you've been a guy who who's you know studied and covered the draft for quite some time, and a lot of people that you know think the age is a bit of a concern. What say you in that regard?
3: I, I get it on both on both sides. You know, you figure if he's let's say he's twenty three, once the season ends, by the time his rookie contract is over, you know, he may be twenty six, maybe twenty seven ish. Yeah. as opposed to a guy like Devin Booker, who was like 23, maybe even, yeah, he's probably like 23 once he started his second contract. So, you know, the older the, the prospect is, you may feel like he's closer to his prime or or to his peak. And, you know, it's just the way the NBA is going nowadays. I mean, they value younger guys. And I think a lot of teams have, have messed up taking a guy because he's 19 as opposed to a guy that was – 21, and they thought that the 19-year-old had more potential. I mean, you look at Brandon Clark last year. I guarantee you there are some teams that are kicking themselves or passing up on him because they thought he was too old.
2: That's a good point. And Brandon Clark had an excellent year for the Grizzlies this year. Had an excellent year. Um, You know, with and the numbers, you know, 20 and 7 on the offensive end, 39% from 3, using the 98th percentile in in shots um, in the half court. 1.56 1.56 in shots in the half court. I'm oh, sorry, 98th percentile shots at the rim, 98th percentile shots at the rim, um, 87th in in post points per possession in from the post, and um another 90th percentile in in jump shots in the half court. So I mean, he's a guy that could you know get it done at, at all three levels. Um, defensively, do you do you think he's as useless as a lot of the naysayers um,
3: put out there? Ooh. Uh that that's that's um I I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think is he awesome. gonna kill you out
2: there with to the point where his offensive productivity is really not gonna matter?
3: In the regular season, no. But I think in the, the playoffs, yeah, that's when he really becomes a um a liability simply because if you watch the playoff this year, if you have a guy that is a, a weak leak on the defensive end, teams are just hunting them out. I mean, you look at for example, the Clippers, they had strong defensive players and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly. So what did the teams do? They picked on Lou Will and Montrez Harrell almost yeah. every play. Um, even with Denver early in their series versus Utah, um, the Jazz just picked on uh, Michael Porter Jr. until they took him out of the starting lineup. Yeah, poor so, Porter,
2: was, he was tough out there, man. You, you couldn't leave him out yeah. there.
3: And, I mean, you know, that comes with youth. And I think Toppin, um, in a playoff situation, yeah, um, I, I definitely think that he'll be a guy that, you know, yes, even if you surround him with great defenders, he'll be the guy that teams look to, uh, to attack because, yeah. you know, he's going to be the weak link. But yeah. I think that um, in a regular season, I think he'll be fine. Um, and that's where it's kind of tough because you have to get to the playoffs first. Right get to that point and I think that um I mean if I'm a Knicks fan if I'm Leon Rose my goal is to try to make the playoffs next season I feel like um you know with a couple good moves then they can replace Orlando in that in that eighth spot mm-hmm. and so um and I think uh even though there's a, a bunch of guys that are playing the same position it's kind of a log jam at the four and five spot I just think that um you know Toppin is the most NBA-ready prospect yeah. that will be available to them at, at number eight.
2: I, I agree with that. And I think defensively, I think being out there with Mitch, I think Mitch will cover him in certain areas. He, he, maybe he's he's better as a small ball five on the defensive end. Not so sure. But as you pointed out in the bubble, you know, I also noticed that a lot of teams kept that four slot very flexible in terms of you had some undersized threes. Uh, playing in the four spot you know the heat would have jay crowder out there you, you know you had um jaylen brown sure. with the celtics the lakers yeah. at times had to put marcus morris out there just to keep things flexible to have guys that can cover guys out there on the perimeter because um you know to play the matchups when teams were going a lot smaller so you're seeing a lot more three and D wings at the two to three and and even the four especially in the playoffs
3: Yeah, and I think that's why Devin Vassell would also be an interesting choice for the Knicks just because there is a shortage of 3 and D wings. Um, You can really never have enough of them. But if you look at Boston and Miami, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston's starting center was like 6'8", maybe 240 in Tice. Tice, yeah. Um, Bam is maybe 6'9", maybe. I mean, he could also be, I mean, give or take an inch, he's 6'9". Um, Jalen Brown was, I mean, I guess you can say he's a Celtics four or Tatum, whoever you choose. I think they could, they were interchangeable there. Right. Same with Miami. They had Jay Crowder playing the four. Um, there were lineups for Iguodala was playing the four. Right. So I think that, you know, small ball is, um, you know, I think it's here to stay. And so, um, I, I, I think that in certain lineups, Topping could be a weapon if you have him in at the five. He's right. not going to offer much rim protection. But if he can knock down open shots, which I I'm, I'm buying into his um potential long term as a as a shooter, and then I think that he can exploit mismatches when teams look to switch everything. So, you know, you get a team that's looking to switch one through five and you get him matched up against a point guard. I think that he has the the skills and the post to be able to make something happen. Or there's a lot of guys that are fives, like, you know, for example, Mitch, I don't know if he can really exploit a lot of mismatches in the five mm. because he's mostly going to be seen as a guy that's a rim roller, a rim roller vertical yes. operator, as opposed to somebody you can throw the ball in the post to and, and get a bucket. And, so and take
2: advantage of it. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. It's going to be interesting, man. I, I think some people don't think he's he's going to fall that far. I happen to think if he does, uh, being the best player available at that slot and being a CAA guy, I happen to think that they would take him. Um, Jonathan Macri of the Knicks Film School, one of my colleagues, he said that he spoke to a league source and said if he's there, they would 100% take him. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. You know, you're used to the typical draft fodder at this time, at this stage in the game. Could be all cap, but who knows? You know, who, who knows? Um, in terms of you mentioned Vassell at, at the wing, how do you stack up the wings around that point? Whether it be a Vassell, a Coro, a Naismith, or Sadiq Bey? how do how do you how do you stack those guys up between that you know say eight and and down?
3: I think a uh, Coro and Vassell could fall in that range. Um, Naismith is more of a specialist. I don't know if you take a specialist at eight. Um, but, I mean, I guess it all depends on if you buy into him being somewhat of a a solid defender. Um, I, I like Vassell, man. I, I like him a lot. I like his potential. But even if he doesn't reach his maximum potential, I think he can have a Trevor Ariza-type career as a switchy defender that knocks on open shots. I think if he adds on a little bit of weight and works on his ball handling and and, and just kind of getting a little stronger, I think that the sky's the limit for him. Um, what I do like about the Knicks is that, well, let me say this, it's kind of, you can't really judge the Knicks in the past because this is a whole new front office. So you yeah. can't really hold them, you know, the current front office to the standards or, or the mistakes that the, um, you know, front office in the past have made. But um, a good friend of mine played for the Utah Jazz and he had nothing but great things to say about Johnny Bryan as a as a coach and as a developmental guy. So I think that, um, um, you know, if you take a guy like Vassell and you get the right development plan around him, I think that, like I said, the sky's the limit. My biggest issue with him is he didn't get to the free throw line often, only yeah. like 1.5 free right. throw attempts per game in his right. two years. And I couldn't find a prospect that was a wing that got to the free throw line fewer. Maybe uh, Mikel Bridges, like his freshman year mm-hmm. at, at Villanova. But other than that, I mean, he just doesn't get to the basket. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's an area that he can improve on. But like I said, if he doesn't, I think that he can have a Trevor Ariza type right. career.
2: Yeah, I can see that. And that's not a bad floor to have. You know what I mean? I'm just thinking at eight, is that the, you know, the, the way we want to go in terms of just, uh, I want to take a, a, a roll of the dice and somebody with the highest ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how about a coral? How, how about a coro? His jump shot, a lot of people are concerned with. Where do you stand with Isaac Okoro?
3: Man, I like him as a defender. I think he provides, like, that that toughness that I think Knicks fans will like. Um, but, you know, like you said, his, his shooting. I mean, I don't think he provides a lot of value on the offensive end. Or actually, I, I'll say this no matter how great of a defender he is, if he can't knock down shots, then he becomes a liability. It's going to be
2: Michael K. Gilchrist.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And um, and I just think, like, the NBA is so different now. You know, maybe 10 years ago, a guy like that who doesn't provide a lot of offense could still come in and start and play a valuable role on the playoff team, like, you know, like a Tony Allen or um, – Andre Roberson, Oklahoma City. But in today's NBA, I don't think a team can go far with a guy that doesn't bring, bring anything on the offensive end because they're just, um, you know, just the defense is, is different. It's such a big emphasis on scoring. Yeah. And, and there's so many more possessions now. But I think if he can just knock down the corner three, it opens up a lot for his game. I think that he's a pretty good ball handler. I think he's a good decision maker. But for him, there's there's different levels to it. Like if you watch this film – he was not confident at all as a shooter. Like there was times where he had open threes and he didn't want to shoot or, or you know, he would pass up an open shot and draw a charge because he, he just didn't want to shoot or he would pass it to a, a teammate that was covered. I think I remember one play where the defender was in the paint, like the nearest defender was in the paint, didn't even close out on him and he pumped faked and, and only shot it because there was no other option. So – uh, you know, just working on his shooting, and and if he can knock down shots, then he becomes a weapon. I do think that Lugan's Dort, the way he defended James Harden in the mm-hmm. playoffs, may have helped Okoro stop. Because, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought that when they saw
2: Dort go off that night.
3: Yeah, I mean, even just before the game seven, the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to move his feet, he was able to stay with James Harden, who is, you know, arguably the best offensive player in the NBA right now he was able to absorb contact I mean think about how many times you switch the guard on Harden and Harden just runs through them yeah and the guy can't take the contact or you take a bigger uh, a bigger wing and then Harden just blows by him Dort was able to match Harden step for step absorb the contact and he just kind of made things a little difficult for him but other than game seven Houston didn't guard him, you know. Yeah. They just kind of let him shoot, and you know he caught fire at the end, but in, in Game Seven. But if you know if Okoro can just be like thirty three percent three point shooter, then I think he can help a team out just because he has what you can't teach. Right. I think you can help a guy become a better shooter, yeah. but it's hard to turn a guy into that type of aggressive physical defender because right. it's a mindset.
2: True. True story. True story.
3: So to everybody in the
2: chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We are back on this Monday night. Another edition of the NBA Draft Q&A. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. My guy, Raphael Barlow, the NBA Draft Junkie, is joining us on the guest spot. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Let's hear what the fans have to say. Let's start with uh, Kev from Maryland. Kev, how you feeling, man? Hello? Yo, Kev, how you feeling, man? Go ahead with your point.
4: Yo, what's going on? What's going on? Uh T P. Um up? glad to be on. Um, and I just wanna go back to the conversation around Obi Toppin. Um, I think this is now the second second time that you've had a, a draft a draft uh a person some, somebody come on and talk about the Knicks uh taking OB Toppin. And um I just wanna say, like, y'all, think about Mitch and Obi together. Um, what is this? The eighties? Is this the seventies? Are we going to, you know, take have have two big men, um, neither of them who can really stretch the floor, together out there with RJ? You no, know, we gotta, we have to transcend and come into this new age of basketball. We don't need an Obi Toppin next to a Mitchell Robinson. So that's so that's my first point. My second point is, yo, we need to commit to Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Over this – no, a couple weeks ago, a couple folks were talking about, um, you know, trading Mitchell Robinson. I mean, for who? Like, for who? Like, well, yo, yo, we need to commit to Mitchell Robinson. Like, defensively, this guy is – his talent is through the roof. He's better than any prospect. Likely coming – like, likely coming out of of this draft, Mitchell Robinson is right now. Mm. So we need to commit to Mitchell Robinson – We don't need another big man. Um, We need somebody who can stretch the floor. Um, And, like, you know, I was watching um, the Miami Heat uh, just this past game. You know who they had playing the five? They had Andre Iguodala playing the five this past game, and they won, right? Like, this is a brand-new NBA. We don't need Obi Toppin next to Mitchell Robinson. We need to transcend get into this new age of basketball. And I could see us taking a three and D wing. I could see us taking a point guard. I'd be cool with you know. I'm still learning about uh, Devin Vassell and Okoro. I'm still learning about them, but Mm -hmm. I like Kara. That's just my that's just one of my personal favorite Mm -hmm. picks coming out the draft. And uh, last last but not least, um, y'all need to get off the Memento ball train.
2: Bobby. <laughs> wait, wait, but who, who's on the LaMelo ball trade? Are we going to talk about Labello in a little bit? Thanks for the call, Uh um,
3: Can I, can I, I wanted to add something that, yeah, I mean, I think I'm buying into Obs as being a shooter. He didn't have a yeah, lot of, I, I
2: didn't, I, I think he can space it well.
3: Yeah. He shot 41%, almost 42% for his, uh, in his two seasons. Like I said, it was a small sample size, but I think that he can knock down shots. And if you think about it, the, he probably played his last game what March, let's say the season starts and let's say it starts on Christmas, which, you know, they're saying to start later than that. Right. I think he's a good enough shooter that if you give him nine months of just working on his outside shot, adjusting to the NBA line, I think he can be fine. Um, there's, there's other guys that I worry about more than Obi Toppin as far as being able to come in and space the floor. I think that yeah. he, he should be able to, um, you know, knock down open shots.
2: I think he can as well. And
3: and on the comments on Mitch, I mean, look, I
2: think it's a, it's an interesting debate. You know, you see what's going on in the bubble. You know, how much are the Knicks going to invest in Mitchell Robinson if he doesn't round out his offensive game, if he's just a defensive behind the rim runner? Of course, listen, I love the value that Mitch brings to the team, but it's still a worthwhile debate. Now, they, they're eligible to give him a, a an, an extension anywhere between now and the next two seasons. Will Rich Paul, you know, entertain it? I don't know. I don't think so, but but we shall see. But again, you know, he pointed to the fact that sometimes you had Iguodala running at the five. You had, you know, sometimes teams couldn't run their starting centers out there to finish games because look at what Toronto had to do, you know, um, going down the stretch against Boston. You had Serge, you had Marcus Gasol on the bench for a whole half because they, they weren't able to get him in there. So I don't know. I don't, We'll see what happens in these next few years. What Mitch's true value is going to be to the team and how much they end up paying.
3: Well, if I'm a Knicks fan, after watching, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, watching those videos that he's posting on social media, I'm worried. You probably have to reprogram him. <laughs> no, nah, he's,
2: he's just having fun, man. He's just
3: having fun out there, man. Is, is he having fun, or is he like, you know what? I'm, I'm, <laughs> tapping, I'm working on my ball handling. I mean, like I've I've trained NBA guys before, and I know, and I had this conversation with a, a NBA coach once, and he mm. said like sometimes one of the hardest things to do is reprogram a guy in training camp to let mm. him know like yes, I know you worked on your ball handling, I know you worked on your shooting, I know you did that's all summer, but get out here, run this floor, set this screen, and yeah. and jump to the moon when we throw you a lob, and so. Just those Mitchell Robinson videos. I hope he's just having fun, and I'm not against anybody, like, expanding their game. Mm-hmm. But uh, every video I've seen is him, you know, skip to my looing <laughs> and then cross over and then shoot and pull up jumpers. I don't think that's his role. Yeah, the, the fan base was
2: cringing. You know, I, I put it up there to, 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 to stir up emotions, but, you know, we'll see. I, they opened up training camp last week. You saw some videos of him taking some baseline jumpers, so... I think Tibbs Mm -hmm. does want to see him expand his game a little bit. How much leeway they give him, time will tell. Uh, Let's go back to the phone. Salute to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Salute to everybody watching on Facebook, Salute to everybody on Team Hashtag New. Everybody watching on the replay gang, we'll run the replays later on. So salute to the replay gang. I definitely want to shout out uh, Sports with AJ LaFontaine. He's he's, uh, Team Hashtag New. We got uh, the inhaler in here, Team Hashtag New. Dominique Gilliard, team hashtag new. Salute my guy Marlon Small in here. All the mods, what's going on? I think some people I mentioned Chuck D was in here earlier. Salute to the general Chuck D. Salute to Sean Shepard, my guy out there on the West Coast holding it down. Hope everybody had a great weekend. All right, back to the West Coast. Josh from San Diego. Josh, how you feeling, man? Hey,
1: what's going on, CP? How you doing? Good, bro. Uh, I am 100% all in on OB Toppin. Um, I believe this kid is big time uh, on an offensive end. Like you, you mentioned that you mentioned all the numbers, but I mean, people don't understand. He used to play guard. He was a guard. And we talk all the time about bigs that are that are versatile. He can stretch the floor by, you know, shooting, but he can also pass. That's a very, very underrated thing for a big man to have. And he can uh, come in right away and do it. I think he's big time. Uh, Showstopper can electrify electrify the garden. Um, I do agree that once um, the playoffs come around, he might be a liability on defense. But you can develop that if the Knicks play good, sound team defense under Thibodeau, you can uh, hide a lot of that. Uh, you know, what, for what he lacks um, defensively. Right. Um, but I am 100% all in. I think the Knicks need to take him if he's there. Um, if not, I'll I'll go with the Coral, someone uh, athletic like that. But okay, Obi Toppin, 100%. Got Thanks.
2: It. Appreciate the call, Josh. Appreciate it. All right, so Josh, yeah, I, I agree, Josh is man. Ob Gang. Go ahead, bro. Go
3: ahead. Ryan. Yeah, I, I think his uh, his passing is so underrated. I know that he didn't play in you know a major conference, and so a lot of people didn't get a chance to watch him play. But I watched nearly every possession he had this season, mm-hmm. and there are times where you can watch his him his plays, and you say, okay, he definitely was a guard at one point. Now there are times where you can say, well, you see his movement and you're like, I don't know if he was a guard because I've never seen a guard that's that stiff yeah, <laughs> it would, uh, and not as mobile, but he does show flashes of being, of having like high level court vision, especially from a post player. And I think that, um, I think Julius, if they ever play together, I think Julius is a pretty decent passer. He has, he has good court vision for, for a big man. And I think, and certain small lineups if you play them together then it can make up for the fact that you know based off the roster now that there isn't really like a, a pure point guard outside of Elford Payton and so yeah. I think in today's NBA the more guys that you have that can make plays for others the better your offense will be even though there are some you know some holes in the offense with those two guys together but I like Tibbs I think I've seen Tibbs work wonders I mean, I I want to say 2013, 14. I was uh, I was I was with a player that played for the Charlotte Bobcats, and I got a chance to just go to a lot of games. And I mean, he had Noah, Joakim Noah, as a top five yeah. MVP candidate, and they were running the offense through Noah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Tibbs have the Bulls in the playoffs with um, DJ Augustine as their leading scorer or Nate Robinson as their go-to guy. So. I do think that he can hide bad defenders. If he can hide five nine point guards and and you know be competitive and win fifty games, then I think he should be able to come up with a plan to uh to hide topping. Especially in the regular season. I, I sure hope so,
2: man. Um I'm just looking at the at the at the draft order real quick. Some people don't see him slipping, but I think it's possible. You know, Minnesota and Golden State, you have those guys either locked in at, at, you know, the big three or trading out of that spot for somebody who wants one of those big three. Charlotte, I don't see taking them. Um, Chicago, you know, they, they got Wendell Carter Jr. in there. Um, they have marketing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they trade him. That, you know, he said he was a little um, unhappy there, but with Billy Donovan there, maybe he stays. Cleveland, I think, is the biggest wild card. I think Cleveland could go a number of ways. I think they can go Denny, they can go Okoro. They certainly need wings. Um, maybe they take Toppin at, at five. But if he doesn't go to Cleveland at five, I don't think Atlanta takes him with, with John with uh, um, what's what's my guy's name? The big John Collins. John Collins. There, yeah. I don't see Detroit going there. I think Detroit will end up either taking Halliburton or Killian Hayes. And then you got eight at the Knicks. I think it's very possible for for Ob to slip to eight.
3: Yeah, I I mean this draft is such a wild card. I mean even with Golden State, you don't know if they'll trade down. Right. And, and I mean I wouldn't be shocked to see a Warriors Knicks trade. Um, it just depends on how bad teams want Melo. I've, I've heard from a I've heard from a, a reliable source that there are a couple of teams that don't want to be in position to draft Melo. They'd rather yeah. trade down. <laughs> they, they run it from Melo.
2: they run it from. Yeah, it. and
3: I think. Because, I mean, it's a tough situation. I think that in in some cases, the general manager of the front office may not want him, but I can see an owner saying, hey, with everything that's going on, we're losing money. We can't have, you know, we don't know if we're going to have fans in the crowd, but Melo's box office, short term, he's going to sell a lot of jerseys. He's going to, you know, bring some some hype. You guys are taking Mellow. So I could definitely see that happen, but I could also see, you know, a team like Golden State trading down, especially if there's a team that really, really wants Melo.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, this draft is so unpredictable. Unpredictable, um, right. And I think with Toppin, I think he's probably criticized the most, in a sense, because he, we have the most footage of him. Mm-hmm. Like, LaMelo played, what, 13, 14 games, if that. Wiseman played three. I doubt if people really saw Denny Abdia play. Um you know, so there's a lot of guys in this draft that we haven't haven't really seen. Topping is a guy that people have seen two years of him, and and they can pick his film apart. Hey, interesting stuff, man. Let's go back to the phones. My guy Jay from Florida,
2: aka the anti Halliburton, joins us. What's going on, Jay?
6: <laughs> yeah, you already know off top, there's no Halliburton for me. <laughs> but I want to shout out, you know, two two of the most dominant black, you know, creators out there on YouTube. Salute to y'all. Make sure you hit the hit the hit the hit the like button on on hit the, on thumb the joint. Hit that thumbs up button for you. Make boots. sure you go to my man page. Hit the like button on the joint. Subscribe to both of my man's pages. Run it up. Anyway, CP. Here's what I want to talk about tonight, sir. Mm-hmm. Tibs' body language is terrible, bro. Tibs hates this roster, bro. <laughs> Tibs <laughs> gave some dry, dry, dry responses when they asked him about specific players, bro. <laughs> right? He only like Mitch. He, he, he only talked about love, R.J. and Mitch. Frank, what you said, bro?
2: I said he, he 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 really only hyped up R.J. and Mitch. Everybody else from DSJ to Knox to Frank, he was like, uh, yeah, we'll see about him. We'll see.
6: And barely R.J., bro. Like, he ain't really show R.J. the type of love that I was expecting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's face it. RJ' whole career come down to that shot. You got that <laughs> shot. You're looking at a, a at an all-star play. Without the shot, it's going to be tough, bro. You know what I'm saying? But to me, I feel like they're going to do something major, man. They're going to trade so. for CP3. They're going to trade, trade up in the draft, man. If Tibbs is not going out there with this roster, bro, A DSJ <laughs> that can't dribble straight. <laughs> Frank don't got no confidence. He's not. They ain't going out like that. If Tibbs <laughs> don't got no patience. He's 60 years old. Leon Rose is 60 years old. They're going for the gusto. They're trading plays. They're getting some superstars in. I want the Knicks back on TNT. <laughs> I want the Knicks back on, on on ESPN. I want box office like my man be saying, right? So go trade for Mellow. You know, if you're not giving up the 21 picks, I say all the other picks could go. You know, we need some hope. We need hope.
5: Yeah.
6: You know, I was gonna ask my man what he think about uh, what you think about Cole Anthony or Naismith? I feel like Naismith could fill it up. Nobody be talking about Naismith, but Naismith got a jump. You look like Joe Johnson, like I mentioned in the past. Cole could fill it up. You're talking about real scores and then Obi. To me it's Naismith, Obi or Cole. Vassal or Coral, yeah, but you know, they more projects. Those three, Naismith, Cole, or or, or Obi, instant day one starters. Tins is not wasting his time with mediocre talent. Proof is in the pudding. He's not going out there with no Dennis Smith starting at the point guard. <laughs> you got to get this man some superstars. They want the niggas back on TNT and ESPN. I'm gone. Holler at me.
3: <laughs> My God, Jay from Florida. I wanted, to, I nice wanted to add dad, to that. Bro. So the, <laughs> I agree 100%. With Tibbs is not down for rebuilding project. I mean, He's older. And I mean, you look at what he did in Minnesota. He was not patient with Levine. He got him out of there for one of his guys, uh, which is Jimmy Butler. But if I'm not mistaken, Tibbs passed on Jamal Murray for Chris Dunn. And so right. you got to hope that he doesn't. Uh, that was when he was I mean. a,
2: that was when uh, he was the president, was, though.
3: Yeah, he was in charge. That was his right. choice. That, that was when he was the
2: president. Thank, right now, he's not the president. So we're thankful for that. We got one right. pairing, you know, with a with good draft pedigree. We got Scott Perry, who's drafted okay so far. I like that it's kind of taking the keys out of Tibbs' hands in that regard. So hopefully they do a little bit better.
3: Right. Uh, I'm, some of these comments are hilarious. The guy said <laughs> Vanderbilt played junior college teams before uh, Newsmith got hurt. Oh, the Nate
2: Smith Naysayers. The Nate Smith Naysayers. How about Cole Anthony, where, where do you? How do you stack up Cole in that grouping with uh, Kira Lewis? Seems like Cole and Kira. Are kind of in the that teens range right now. When you're looking at a lot of those mock drafts, you have Killian Halliburton kind of bunched up together. What do you, how do you see that?
3: Man, this is tough. So, all right, last year around this time, I was iffy on Cole Anthony. I wasn't a big fan. I felt like he was Austin Rivers 2.0. Right, <laughs> so. Um, Then I watched him throughout the season, and I was down on him, just down, down, down. Then I looked at his stats. I saw that he only shot like 40% at the rim, and I just felt like he was overhyped. But then because of this draft and this long process, I've had so much time to watch guys over and over and over again. And then I started to realize that, man, he had no help. If the lane wasn't so congested, I think he would have been a much better finisher at the rim. I don't know if he's really like a, a pure point guard even though yeah. I, I mean I hate using that term pure point guard. I think that he turns the ball over a lot and I don't know if you can really trust him running the Give offense. The yeah. Uh, because and I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but I know like even from EYBL to his one year at Carolina his assist to turnover ratio was not good at all. It wasn't in the negatives, but it was just barely positive. But what I like about Cole Anthony, and I, I, I'm going to change it. What I love about Cole Anthony is he's a dog. I think that he has the potential to be an engine that runs the Knicks. He's a good shooter. You can play him off the ball. If he gets a catch-and-shoot opportunity, he's knocking it down. But the most impressive thing to me about Cole Anthony was North Carolina was terrible. And I kind of hold that against him in a sense because I feel like when you choose a college, you choose your teammates. You know who you're going to play with. Unlike the NBA, you don't know mm-hmm. who you're getting drafted to. So I think he knew – well, he should have known going into the season that Carolina wasn't going to have a good team. I thought maybe he felt like he could put up the same numbers that um, Kobe White had, but Kobe White had another lottery pick and Cam Johnson on his team. But what I liked the most about Cole Anthony was the Carolina team was terrible. He got hurt. They were going nowhere. He tore his meniscus and he came back and played. Like you look at LaMelo, for example. Soon, I don't even know what happened. Was it a sprained ankle or whatever? And he shut it down. He was done after 12 games.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Cole, he has, he had everything to lose in a sense. His team was going nowhere and he tore his meniscus. How many guys would have just said, you know what? I'm packing it up, and I'm just preparing for the draft. Not only did he come back, but he came back and played like they had a shot at making it to the tournament. I think he shot like 30-something free throws in his first two games back. Now, that's a mentality that you can't teach. Like, I like that, that, you know what I'm saying, he's a dog. He's competitive. And if you can channel that competitive fire into, you know, learn helping him learn how to balance scoring and distributing, then I think that, he could end up being a steal I think whatever team drafts him you know if he falls to 8 or 10 or 11 I think he could end up being like a a steal that um you know basically living up to the hype that he had coming into the season
2: yeah I agree I, I think he went through a lot of adversity I think people are really judging that season you know with the team being terrible the meniscus tear I'm not sure if I would go off of stats alone. Now, the decision-making was questionable. I agree with that. Right. Some of the yep. shot selection was questionable. Too many turnovers. Didn't finish well. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this kid, once you open it up, once you space it out at the next level, I think this kid is going to be a bucket. Maybe not you know, Jamal Murray, but I think he'll come pretty damn close. And you see what that got the Nuggets. You still need a, a engine, somebody that's going to get the ball around the perimeter. I'm not sure if he could be the guy that you could give the keys. But I certainly think he, he's got a role at the next level. I, I wouldn't sell him short. So
3: Yeah, I would love that. to – I wish it was like the old days where the um, prospects went against each other and um, pre-draft workouts yeah. because if I'm an agent and I have – whether I'm an agent for LaMelo or, you know, whoever – I would be worried about my guy going into a draft workout one-on-one with Cole Anthony. I think he's that much of a dog. Now, I know, like, LaMelo's game is more suited for five-on-five team play as opposed to, like, one-on-one play. But I think if you threw a bunch of the point guards in a workout and had them compete for your draft pick, I wouldn't be shocked to see Cole Anthony come out on top. I just think that he has that type of mentality, which I think RJ has it too. I'm talking about RJ Barrett. I think those are two guys that are dogs, not a competitive they have their flaws, but I think you can, you can work with their flaws. They're very, very interesting, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys.
2: We're closing in on 1,000 people in the chat. We got 173 likes. You guys got to do what Jay from Florida said. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit that like button right now. On the count of three, everybody hit that like button. One, two, three. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got to get some more support in here. Definitely want to salute everybody who's called in so far. Everybody who's tuning in. Salute so everybody on team hashtag new. Remember, these shows are available in audio podcast format as well. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We are everywhere on the Knicks Fan TV. So you have no excuse to miss the next show, but let's get those likes up, let's share these videos, let everybody know this is the number one show for the fans, by the fans, um, on the phones, we got a lot of callers calling in on the OB topic, I want to pause that for a second, because um, I want to talk about RJ Hampton, bro, because he, he's a guy that that you've been studying for quite some time, uh, you spent some time recently with RJ and his trainer, Tyler Ralph. Tyler Ralph has trained a number of NBA players. Is now working with RJ Hampton. Um, tell the people a little bit about RJ, what he's working on and, and where you see his draft prospects.
3: Yeah, I think RJ is um, a guy that a lot of people, for whatever reasons, have just kind of soured on. I think that, um, um, you know, he was a top five prospect, top five player ranked in his class. He went to Australia and he didn't put up big numbers, but I think overall it may have hurt his draft stock, but I think long-term that experience in Australia made him better because for the first time, at least in my opinion, for the first time in his um, career, he had to play with other guys that were either better than him, or he had to kind of fit into an offense. And so I think he just kind of learned to play off the ball and learn how to, um, you know, cut and and move and just not have everything set up for him. Um, But I've, I've been in the gym with him a few times this summer. Shooting was his biggest concern, and he's definitely been putting in the work working on his shot. Um, I have a video on my YouTube channel where. Um, yep, I got it up he right now. Shot lights up. He shot lights up.
2: So, is the jumper the biggest concern with him, or what? What do you think is his biggest flaws going into the next level?
3: Yeah, the jumper. I mean, that was the biggest concern of, of you know his shot consistency. Um, I had a chance to watch him play in high school a few times. He was able to get to the rack whenever he wanted to because he was bigger, stronger, more athletic than guys. And so um, he just never really had to shoot jumpers at the high school level because he's so fast. And, I mean, he if you look at him, he has the size of a wing, but he's really a guard. Mm. Uh, but I think his potential is high. I mean, I think that, you know, if he goes to a team with a good development staff, you can develop him. I mean, he's 6'5", 6'6" has some ball hand, has ball handling skills um, has good court vision he's kinda especially with his speed he can get into the paint and and break down defenses and he's good at finding guys and skip passes I think that um he's gonna be a skill for somebody and he's he's a, and he's very competitive. That's one thing I'll say about him. He comes from a you know a good family good home you know grew up in like the the suburbs of Dallas but everything about his game is, is tough, competitive. He's, he's got a lot of dog on him. Do you see he's the Brody
2: comparisons or is that OD? What's that? The Russell Westbrook. Do you see the the, the Westbrook comparisons or, or is that a stretch?
3: Uh, You know, somewhat I can see him, especially since Westbrook didn't really play point guard when he was in college. I think uh, Darren Collison was the point guard. Yeah. And um, – you know, I, I've heard rumors that Detroit is interested in him because Troy Weaver was with Oklahoma City when uh, they drafted Westbrook, and now he's, he's in charge of Detroit. So I've heard those rumors. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think with the, the way the NBA is going, with the way floor spacing is and speed kills, he has the speed to put tremendous pressure on defenses. And if he can just, you know, find guys and, and, and make plays out of pick and roll, then I think that he could be an engine that could, um, you know, power an offense, a high-powered offense.
2: Uh, very interesting, man. You think maybe that the stint in the NBL is is what kind of soured people on him?
3: Yeah, just because you didn't see him, um, you know. I actually went out there. I went to uh, the game that him played. Yeah. Um, you know they went heads up. That, man, that, man, that, man, you talk about far. Yeah. So but wait, you, so wait, you you went
2: difference. from Dallas because you're in Dallas, right? You went from Dallas to to Australia.
3: Well, I was actually living in Beijing at the time. Okay. So I thought that, yeah, I'm in Beijing. I'm on that side of the world. You know, it's a straight flight down. Man, when I say it was so far, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was so far ahead. I want to say it was like Wednesday night. Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday night there. And I was watching Tuesday night NBA games in the states. It was literally like 19 hours ahead. Um, in a whole other <laughs> realm. Yeah, it was it was so far. Uh and even just like watching the game, I just kind of felt like a zombie in a sense. But yeah, I just think that RJ's his thought, draft stock overall was hurt by him going to Australia because he played on a team where he wasn't he didn't have the same freedom as LaMelo. Um uh, he, he wasn't given the opportunity to to run the offense, but he had to play with some other guys and he just kind of had to earn his minutes why I've been saying for the longest that if LaMelo would have shot underhand scoop passes from half court, he wouldn't have came out the game because he was driving in so much revenue and so many people were coming to see them that him developing wasn't even, you know, or even trying to win. That wasn't even like in their plans. They won in the box office because, Mm. you know, he was generating so much revenue and so much attention. But I feel like RJ had to actually like earn his minutes. He had to get out there. He had to defend and he had to learn how to play with other players. And, and
2: shout out my guy
3: V Nico in the chat. He said it's Tuesday, twelve fifteen in Australia
2: right now. So Australia is heavy. We we got a lot of uh, people from the from the land down under in the chat, man. And and uh, they always supporting. So salute to all my Aussies out there. New Zealand stand up. Um, what did you make of of Lamelo's game? Is it hype? Is it some promise? Or what what do, you, what do you think about Lamelo?
3: I'm a of both. <laughs> I think it's hype. I think it's uh, a lot of promise. I mean, he has what you can't teach. He's six, seven, super creative with the ball. He may be even six, eight. I don't know. Creative with the ball. Uh, just, I mean, unbelievable court vision. But the concern that I have about LaMelo is if you look at him, even like Anthony Edwards, to a certain extent, everything, every team that he's been on has pretty much been set up for him to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the teams in Lithuania, when he wasn't playing, what does dad do? He built the team around him. Mm-hmm. Then they had that, that uh, big baller league. The league was built around him. Mm-hmm. He went to this team in Australia and everything was built around him. He had total freedom, total creative control.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: So I wonder if he's in a situation where it's not set up for him, how is he going to react? React. Yep, so if he goes so let's say, the Knicks trade-up or something, he goes to New York, then is Tibbs going to just say, hey, you know what? RJ, Mitch, you guys get out the way. We're going to let Melo do his thing. I don't know. How, how does he react? I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it would be shaky indeed, man. Um, mm-hmm.
2: you, you, got, you got like a buzzing going on in your background? Is that you or me? I uh, think it's...
3: I hear it. I
2: think it's me. Hold on once. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. I'll I'll go ahead and uh, take an intermission. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys on the intermission. How many people we got in the chat right now? We got 1,086. We got to get those likes up. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Hit that like button on the video. Smash that thumbs up button for you boys. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. I got my guy, Raphael Barlow, the NBA draft junkie, joining us dropping some gems my man went from beijing to australia just to check the showdown between rj hampton and lamello this guy is the nba draft junkie indeed let's go to the phones my guy will from li wants to get in on the rj hampton topic will how you feeling bro
7: hey how you doing today cp i'll uh, say how you guys doing this uh, afternoon good man what's going on not much, man, not much. And uh it was a great uh segue because uh I feel like a lot of people haven't been talking about RJ Hampton. Uh I feel like, you know, from the way that he was talked up and from the way that he talks about himself, he feels like he has a he's the type of player that a team can build around him. Uh, I wanted to get you your guys uh, uh uh topic on that if you think that he is a guy that can beat the guy. At, you know, at a show, And then number two is where do you think he's going to land in the draft? I mean, I mean, some people see him as 15, but I can see him going all the way at like 25 on some other marks. So I feel like if he goes to the 20s, would you guys be willing to grab him if he's in that 20 range? Maybe move a pick or two, you know, maybe move a second in that 26 pick, what have you. And then lastly, I wanted to talk about uh, Killian Hayes because it looks like the next guy had a, mm-hmm. uh, a Zoom interview with him and he was talking about Frank and how they know each other. I really think that if we swap with the Hawks, we can jump the Pistons and get them. And, you know, and I wanted to know what you guys think about Killian Hayes and if he's worth potentially moving up two spots to get him. So I'm going to just leave you guys okay. on that. Thank appreciate you for the call. and Keep grinding. Keep doing that thing. Appreciate it,
2: bro. My guy Will from L.I., probably the number one caller on the show always calling in always supporting appreciate you will um rj hampton wh- what do you have him getting drafted uh right now
3: uh, i still have him in the lottery i um you know i think it's weird that he was in the lottery probably up until maybe a month ago and then all of a sudden he dropped to like number 18 19 20 based mm. off of what we haven't seen anybody play mm. so why 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 is he dropping so far um I don't know. I mean, I have my theories behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really get into it. Um, it's more so political than based off anything else. Because again, mm-hmm. if a, if a player drops or even rises significantly at this time, what is it based off of? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, it could be. It could be a lot of factors, but I don't think anybody should be jumping nine spots or dropping nine spots when we haven't seen anybody play right since March. Interesting. So, um, uh, and Killian Hayes. I like Killian man. I'm, you know what? I'm a, I'm a live on this hill. And I'm a down this hill, but I'm taking Killian Hayes over LaMelo ball mm. any day of the week.
5: Mm.
3: I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm biased a little bit. I mean, Killian's lefty. I think that he uh, is a, I just think that he's a better defender I think that the league that he played in, he played in the um, the Euro Cup and better I think competition. That the league is, yeah, better competition than um, than the NBL. I also look at it like this. If LaMelo played in the in in Europe, he wouldn't be given that same freedom. How would he be able to uh, you know to play in that system? And then I think if you put Killian and um, and Australia, I think that he would have done just as well as, as LaMelo did. I know that I think that would probably concern a lot of Knicks fans because he's from France and, yeah, you know, drafting. Yeah, it's another a lot from, of the Frank, Frank comparisons, guy. but he's not really,
2: really from France, right? Like, was he born? I don't think he was born in France.
3: No, he was born in the States. His dad That's is American, right. yeah, but, um, but he's he's grew up in France and so he's been on all of their, um, you know, their junior teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I like killing. He kind of reminds me of D'Angelo Russell in a sense. Mm. Um, yeah, I think he can so be that right. type of point guard. He's not going to wow you with like crazy athleticism. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, all the guys that were in you know, all the point guards that are projected to be in the, the lottery or whatever, he was the best finisher at the rim. Well, second best. The guy that was the best finisher at the rim was Halliburton. But, mm. you know, Halliburton only went to the basket in transition. You know, he right. never got to the basket in half-court situations, And I think for Killian, that's that's pretty good considering that, you know, there's the guys that are more athletic than him and, and you know, high flyers. But, I mean, Killian was really good. And he only goes one way. I think if he works on his right hand, his right hand he's going to yeah. be that much more dangerous. Yeah. But, he's yeah, got he, you, he, especially he with RJ
2: here. He's already a lefty. Um, you know, yeah. definitely want to see Killian work work on his on his handles for sure. But as you said, the defense, um, being able to create his own shot, the step back jumper is there. I definitely like that. Mm-hmm. The size, you gotta like the size. I'm not really a fan of, of undersized point guard, so mm-hmm. I, I think Killian certainly fits the bill. Will he get past Detroit? Is the question. You know, a team that is is hungry for a point guard. I I don't think so, but you never know. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I don't think the Knicks straight up for him, but we'll, we'll nah. see.
3: Yeah, I just think that um, media pressure and pressure from the fans won't allow (laughs) New York to take him. No. But I'm buying into him being a good shooter long term. He shot like 87, 88% from the free throw throw. line. And usually if a guy shoots free throws like that, Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, it usually translates to him being a pretty good shooter. So I'm I'm taking Killian over over LaMelo if I'm in charge. Indeed. Uh, Back to the phones. Let's go.
2: DJ from Washington, D.C. wants to talk about R.J. Hampton. What's going on, bro?
8: First, I want to thank you guys, man, for providing Nick information. I mean, this is my favorite program on YouTube. I'm a lifelong Nick fan, South Bronx in the house, now in Washington, D.C., and I'm heavy on R.J. Hampton. Hmm. The problem is Nick's typically pick guys with low ceilings, the Preston Shumpert, the Jordan Hills, the Frank Nicolinas. R.J. Hampton is like John Wall with a better attitude and a better (laughs) jump shot, and he's improving. And the thing I like about R.J. Hampton is if you look at the history of guys who have problems shooting in college, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, John Wall, Donovan Mitchell, if they have a good attitude and they have reasonable enough form, they tend to do better at the pro level. What R.J. Hampton has, you can't teach. He's mm-hmm. quick, he's fast, he's lengthy, athletic, and he wants to play for New York. So from my perspective, if you look at this draft and you want to hit a home run, it's either R.J. Hampton or Isaac O'Choro. Tell me what you guys think.
2: Okay. Well, what you think about that, Rafael? Appreciate the call, DJ. Salute to DC, yeah, Chocolate I mean, City. I
8: I never thought
3: about the John Wall comparisons. I think John Wall was more of a natural point guard and yes. distributor than yeah, R.J. I um, but, I mean, as far as, like, I've seen R.J. plenty of times. Like, I mean, he works out, ironically, with Julius Randle's trainer. So, I've mm. seen both of them in the gym. Mm-hmm. And the same guy also, uh, Frank Frank was in Dallas last summer. He, he lived here. So, I got a chance to see a lot of those guys up close and personal. But... RJ looks like a wing. Like if you saw him and you just lined up all the players in the draft side by side, he's he's as big as a wing. And so it's and a lot of times, how many guys guards that were projected as high with his athleticism end up not working out? I mean, I think you know, you can say Dennis Smith is one of those guys and maybe Dr. Exum. Yeah. But a lot of the guys that have like that are guards that have that type of athleticism usually play well and do well and they can get by off their athleticism. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, I think that RJ has a lot of potential. I don't know short-term if he fits with New York because I think Tibbs wants to win now, and I don't know if they're going to take the time to develop him into a point guard. I think that um, early in his career he may have to play a little bit of combo, play both, mm-hmm. but I think eventually he can transition into a point guard. Um, so I don't know if the Knicks are the best fit for him short term. And, you know, like it's been said on the show, I think that they want to, they want to win, get to the playoffs as soon as possible. Buddy ready. Yeah.
2: And and when you mentioned he's got the same trainer as Julius Randle, I think, I think the chat kind of soured a little bit, man. Well,
8: I mean like, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean,
3: I I can see, I can see the comments. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I can see the comments. Uh, no, I've, I've seen Julius work out this summer, man. Yeah. He's he's working hard. And, yeah, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, he, he's working hard. I just think that he was in a bad situation with New York. I don't know if anybody would have really looked too good on a team where they had a bunch of guys in the same position. I mean, Marcus Morris did. Uh, but, uh, no, I think, I think in a good situation, I think Julius can be a weapon. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a Blazers fan. Yeah. And I would love to have a guy like Julius that can rebound, And that can actually pass the ball and make a play for another person if needed. I mean, a lot of teams have a four-man that can't pass the ball and move at the same time. So I think uh, in the right situation, I think Julius could definitely be a weapon.
2: Yeah, I I think in the right fit, he he certainly can be. I like him more as a six-man. But, you know, time will tell how that plays out. Let's get back to the phones. Ezra from Queens, what's going on, bro?
7: Oh, yeah, hello. What's going on, bro? How you
2: feeling?
7: You man? What's going on? Yeah, loud and clear. Go ahead. All right, cool. Um, you
9: want me shout out my YouTube channel really quick. My name is As Fuego, one of the underrated YouTubers from Far Rockaways. You yeah, check my channel out. And um, yeah, I want to talk about Lamelo Ball. That's exactly what I want to talk. i wonder wondering why am I hearing that he's a bust? He's gonna be a bust. I feel like he'd be great for the organization altogether. I think somebody from earlier said, um, from Florida said that uh like, they want to see James on TNT again. Not only would that bring more fans back to the garden, I feel like he's 6'8". Like, he's a different play out in the draft. He has a jump shot. Like, there's like um, Stefan Curry came into the league and he wasn't shooting, like, over... I think he was shooting
2: overhead, I think they said.
9: And look, he's the greatest shooter of all time now. Yeah, like, I yeah. Think we but he was, take the he was also then. the greatest
2: man. Um, Pat Davidson, man, Pre- appreciate the call, bro. Um, <laughs> I, ju- I, just got, we got a lot of calls, so I wanna, I wanna um get to get to some more calls. Appreciate the call, Ezra. Real quick on Lomelo, he said he's not changing his shot. Raphael. what do what do you think about that? He said in the interview in his in his, uh, in his combine interview today, he said he has no no plans on changing his shot. What do you think about that?
3: I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I just think it more has to do with his shot selection. Like, um, one of the things about Lamelo that when I watched all his film, I noticed that he doesn't – he didn't have a lot of turnovers, right? For a guy that's such a high-risk passer, his turnover – assist sister turnover rate was was pretty good. But the shots that he would take early in the shot clock, in my opinion, are just as bad as turnovers. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't think that he really needs to change his shot. And and I'm saying that, and I know, like, RJ has changed his form and it's made a difference for him. Hmm. Um, But some guys really can't change their shot because they end up going back to, um, you know, their old form when they get tired or, you know, it's easy to kind of – sorry, it's easy to kind of shoot a different shot when you're in an empty gym, but when you get in a game situation, you may go back to your, you know, your old form and then now you end up being confused in a sense. So yeah. I think with repetition, I think Melo could be a better shooter. Um, but I, I still have my concerns about him. You know, I, I mm-hmm. just, um, I, I, I want to see him play in a situation where everything is not just set up for him. I want to see him play where he'll be held accountable. Now, mm-hmm. I, I do think his dad would hold him accountable, but at the same time his dad was being a dad, Was going to put him in the best position to succeed. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, um, like, when I went to watch them live, when i when, uh, showing the clips that you're showing now, mm-hmm. when I went to watch them live, um, I got there early. And, you know, a lot of stuff that you can't really see on film. And so when I watched the game, when I watched them warm up, Mello was just so laid back. I mean, he had his headphones on. He was shooting flat-footed shots, mm-hmm. just kind of throwing the ball up. Didn't break a sweat. Was just kind of like... You know, like it was an AAU game, with the flow, you know, yeah. not even an AAU game, like a game where he was like, you know, you play when at the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to park and you got next. And so you just kind of under the basket, get some shots up. Yeah, that's how he looked. And then he was terrible in the first half of the game because he didn't have a rhythm, but he didn't have a coach that was going to hold him accountable. He There wasn't anybody yelling at him like, you know, this is a big game. Come on. And uh and I mean if you look at the clips, he got a shot blocked a bunch of times in the first half. He turned it on in the second half where he showed like his his potential but everything that he could do. But I'm just not as high on, on LaMelo as everybody else. I think that in on one hand, on one hand, it's kind of unfair to compare him to his brother, which the hype train, let's be honest, the hype train got Lonzo drafted ahead of De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big time. Big time. <laughs> Lonzo should have went ahead of De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. Even when they matched up in college, it was clear who was the better yeah. player. Fox wiping dust through. <clears throat> yeah, but it was it was hype that you know Magic talking about they're gonna put hang his jersey up. They traded DeAngelo Russell because they fell into yeah. the hype. I'm worried that this is the same thing all over again. Mm. At least we saw Lonzo. Like think about it, you guys saw Lonzo. Yeah, play. I mean, people saw LaMelo play in a situation where his team was terrible. I mean, they were awful. And then he stopped playing after, like, I don't know, 12 or 14 games. Yeah.
2: yeah. Now, for for LaMelo, he will be participating in this combine, quote unquote, that the NBA is scheduling, this solo performance that they're going to be recording, video workouts, doing the measurements, so on and so forth. The list of participants was released yesterday by Shams of The Athletic. Um, notable exceptions, no Cole Anthony, no Devin Vassell working out, among others. What do you think about some of these prospects choosing to not participate in this quote-unquote combine and, and how it may affect their their draft stock?
3: I don't like it, but I get it, hmm. right? And I, I'll say it like this, um, even though I don't know if they're actually going to, because it's a virtual combine, so it's yeah. going to be different, something like we've never seen before. But... I remember like in years past, um, they were saying that they had these workouts, right? And Nate Robinson destroyed every guard ahead of him one-on-one. So if I'm an agent, I wouldn't want my guy working out against Nate Robinson with all that space playing one-on-one. You can't guard Nate Robinson one-on-one. And so I see why agents start pulling guys out of these, um, these different workouts because they want to protect the stock of their player. I think for maybe a Cole Anthony, um, you know, they may feel like he's solid and going in the top 10 and his stock can't really go up much. So don't put him in a position where it could drop some. So I I get it from the agent's point of view. Um, You don't want a situation where, you know, a guy, his stock drops because his wingspan, you know what I'm saying? Like I think, I think – honestly, I think Tyler Hero dropped in the draft because he didn't have a positive wingspan. Mm. If Tyler Hero had a 6'10 wingspan, I think he's a top five pick last year. But, you know, some teams overthought it because, you know, some of the measurables. Yeah. And then there's also some guys that can rise up in the draft stock in the combine because they test off the charts athletically. I mean, think about how many guys have – you know, like Joe Alexander is a guy, I mean, I, I know Joe personally. Mm. Um, you know, he ended up being like the eighth pick in the yeah. draft. Because West Virginia, combine, out of
2: West Virginia, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was an eighth pick because he just tested so well at a combine. Mm. And so I think if I'm an agent and one of my guys I know is going to blow it off the waters on the athletic test, then yeah, I put him in there. But if yeah. it's someone who I think that his stock is going to stay the same regardless, I don't want to put him in a position don't to where it, it drops because – you know, his arms aren't long enough, yeah. or, you know, he he only has a 30 some. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, uh, what's the kid's name out of Charlotte? That was the fourth pick. Cody Zeller. Cody exactly, Zeller, yeah. You know, if if you look at the combines, they say he tested out as a better athlete than Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> MJ was sold.
2: Sign me up. Right. This is the franchise.
3: Right. And I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, if you're jumping straight up with nobody around you, that's totally different than the explosiveness that you see in a game. But he shot up super high. He's, he, you know, I laugh and, and I saw subject a little bit. Dude was like a top five pick. He's one of the biggest busts, but he's never mentioned as a bust, but yeah. he was a top five pick. Big time, big time
2: bust. Yep. MJ has not drafted well at all, man, but. You know, that that that's his worries. He's got the rings. Um So to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We're still hovering eleven sixty nine, Raphael. There's no hoops on tonight. But the action is at Nick's Fan TV, number one show for the fans by the fans. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. My man Raphael Barlow, the NBA draft junkie in here dropping gems. Let's go back to the phone see what the people have to say. Everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got to get to at least 500 likes in the chat tonight. We're at 351. Salute to everybody watching on Facebook. Never forget the Facebook gang. Salute to everybody watching on the replays as well. All right, um, let's go to uh, ATL. My guy Leroy checking in. Leroy, how you doing, man? Hey, CP,
5: how you doing,
2: man? Good, good. Good to hear from you, Leroy. I know you want to talk Wait. about Obi, man, because um, your cousin... Is the coach of the Dayton Flyers. So give me your takes on Obi.
5: Well, yeah. I, I, no, Obi, well, first of all, Billy just took their job with Chicago. And you know, Anthony was Billy's assistant. Mm. I think that's a shoe in that he's not going past pass for.
2: Interesting. Billy interesting. is
5: not going to let Obi go basketball because Anthony going to be in his ear. And that was, I think that was a shoe in automatic. I think they planned that mm-hmm. totally, 100%. Okay. And I think Obi is a winner. I think there's no question about it. He's got the maturity, he's got the game. I think that's a lock. But I think it's really interesting what they're saying about RJ because I think RJ is a better Paul player than Lomelo. First of all, he was a stud in high school. This kid was a stud in high school. But he did have a wing game, he's not a pure point guard. But this kid was a stud. He dropped 33 against Tyree Maxwell when he was in high school. This kid was bombing everything with max preps. And it was a recruiting scandal that that got up with his father. and, And I heard about it that got him messed up. But this kid can ball. This kid can legitimately ball. I don't think he's a pure point guard, but I agree with your guy. This guy can ball.
2: Okay. Appreciate the call of Leroy. Always appreciate it, man. Yeah, Raphael, um, my guy Leroy from Atlanta. His cousin is Anthony Grant, the head coach at uh, at Dayton. Mm-hmm. So, so Leroy's throwing the OB to Chicago link through Billy Donovan,
3: who's close with Anthony Grant. Could be. So now you got you got the Billy Donovan connection, and then you got the CAA connection between New York and Chicago. There you go. Draft day is gonna be crazy. <laughs>
2: It's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. And Leroy is also um, he's also on the RJ Hampton train. Okay. Very interesting, man. A couple more calls for you, Raphael. Definitely appreciate the time. Everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's go to Texas. Chris is with us. Chris, how you feeling, man? Hello? Yo, what's good, Chris? How you feeling, bro? Go ahead. with your point?
9: Hey, how you doing? I wanted to talk about uh, the Knicks getting a guard no matter what. I think the Knicks need to get a guard, whether it's CP, whether it's Conley, or if it's somebody in the draft. I think uh, a lot of the problems people were saying earlier today, somebody said we need to focus on Mitch. Somebody said we need to focus on uh, box office. I think no matter what you do, the point guard position is like the quarterback position. Uh, The Knicks haven't had a good point guard since Jeremy Lin was like the 21st best point guard. And since then, we've had the 30th best point guard every year. So I wanted to know your opinion if uh, Obi Top is not there, like my man before said, yeah. at uh, number eight, what guards uh, you guys will look at? And if if, if it's not going to be a guard at that position, do you think that the Knicks might do something where they take somebody else uh, a risk at eight and then try to get a guard at the back in the draft?
2: Yeah, and appreciate the call, man. I think they will go best player available at eight. I think if Obi's there, they will take him. Killian Hayes, I think if Killian is there, I think they will take him. Okoro just seems like a Tibbs guy, even though the, the fit with RJ right now scares me. I think the I think Acoro, um I think Tibbs sees Okoro in that Jimmy Butler mold. I think he would take him. They they're saying that the Knicks like him. Again, it could be draft fodder, it could be Cap. You guys in the chat be the judge on Okoro. I don't think, you know, a lot of you guys like Kira Lewis. I I like him as well. I like Cole. Yeah. Just based on my research and, and a lot of the, the mocks, I don't I, I see a lot of these guys putting them in within that team's range. So I'm not sure if the Knicks will jump up to get Akira Lewis, to get a Cole Anthony. And I don't think they will trade up for 27. I think they will, knowing Walt Perrin, from what you hear in terms of his philosophy... I think he will have a guy in that range that he'll take at 27. And they, this is a point guard heavy draft, right? And and Raphael, you had uh you like Cassius Winston down, down there him. to the Knicks. What do you like best about Winston?
3: I mean, I like Winston. He doesn't pass the eye test. You know, you look at him, he doesn't have the, you know, the the body or the athleticism that you want, but I think that he's he's ready to come in and contribute. I think that You know He's a good passer, and I can make a case, and I mean, people may argue with me on this, but I can make a a case and say that he's the best shooter in the draft. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he shot over like 43% from three Mm. over four years. That's 600-something shots. Mm. Uh, It's not a small sample size. He's a good shooter from the mid-range. He's not so good like finishing in the paint, but I think that in some cases, the the college lane is crowded, especially Big Ten. They play some ugly basketball in the Big Ten. So you're going to get a lot of, you know, ugly basketball. But I think with the NBA, I mean, maybe not the Knicks per se, but I think there's more floor spacing in the NBA in a sense. And so, but I think that Cassius Winston has some Kyle Lowry in him. Great pick and roll guy. I think that, you know, if you put him on the Knicks roster right now, he is the best pick and roll point guard. I think he'd make things easier for Mitch. I know Knicks fans are high on Mitch. I mean, you think he's the next coming of Will Chamberlain. <laughs> that Knicks fans tell it. But I think that he needs a point guard that can get him some easy looks. Now yeah. Winston is definitely not going to, you know, help out defensively. I think that uh you know, <laughs> I think that he he just doesn't have have the athleticism, but I think he has the heart and I think he has the intangibles, he comes from a good program at um, at Michigan State. I thought that, um, you know, a, a Jaron Jackson, for example, he was somebody when I saw Michigan State, I saw the potential. I didn't think he would be as good as, as he is. Um, but I think Cassius Winston would be a good – Back up. I'm not saying that, you know, you're yeah. taking that two he would, he would right. come in and be your starter. And I'm talking more so along the lines of if you get rid of the guys that you already have on the roster, it's, a glut. Gone, it's a
2: glut going on in there. Right yeah.
3: VSJ is gone. Yeah. Um, I think Frank is a guy that I would like the Knicks to keep him, but more so as like a combo guard. Um, but let's say you get a a Chris Paul in, in a trade or you sign Van Vliet or you make a trade. I like Cassius Winston as a backup point guard. I think he's a guy that can come in for you. He won't hurt you. Um, and he'll he'll run the show with the second unit, especially if you give him a, a pick and roll big to, to run with. I think that he would be solid for, for New York. Plus a four-year player, right? A guy that could probably come in and
2: contribute right away. Um, somebody with a high IQ that can, that could execute out there for Tibbs. Six foot one. You know, Some people in the chat aren't, aren't too uh, high on the height, no pun intended, but... We've seen in the past Tibbs' success with shorter guards, whether it's DJ Augustine, Nate Robinson, the name of few. So we'll
3: he see. won fifty games with DJ Augustine, who was almost <laughs> right. out the league. That's right. Like, that's, I don't even right. I think they must have got him in like some last minute dump. That's right. And he just figured out a way to to make <laughs> to make it work. Yeah. And so uh yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, as a backup, I think that Cassius Mustin
2: yeah. would, be, would be okay. A, a lot a lot of options based on what we're hearing, but I, I still think that the Knicks should um, get that train moving. You know, I don't know how high Tibbs is on on Frank. I don't think Frank will be a point guard, you know, going forward. Maybe off the bench. I'm still not sure what Frank's true role is going to be on this team. I don't know how high they're going to be on DSJ. I'd like for them to get rid of El- Alfred Payton at, by all costs. <laughs> um so but so whether it's bringing in cp3 whether it's going van fleet i still think they should be drafting a point guard you know at some point you can't yeah. rely on oh 2021 is the real point guard you can't you can't wait on that you don't know where the knicks are going to be drafted next year you have to think they're going to have an improved team they finished sixth this year six worst record this year have to f- figure that they're going to improve a little bit based on who they get this off season with tim's at the helm so you can't count on them getting some of these you know top point guards in next year's draft. I think they have to go out, draft one, and, and see what he does. He might not be a franchise, but again, another piece to the puzzle that fits um how Tibbs is trying to move. I think they need to do that.
3: Yeah, and I mean I'm looking at the comments and I, I see you know you're you're low on small guards, but I mean look at Toronto, look at their backcourt. Six foot, maybe five eleven. They had two dogs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy to find a a Lowry and a Van Vliet, but those guys weren't highly regarded in the draft. True, but they had the these intangibles. They had this competitive fire. I mean, Van Vliet's a dog. Yeah, he is. He is. Lowry is his his game isn't sexy. You know, nobody goes to the park and works on their Kyle Lowry game or wants to be Kyle Lowry. But he's an All Star. He's an Olympian. He's an NBA champion. I mean, I think he's you know, he's, he's put together a really, really nice career yeah. that, you know, has been underrated. Definitely and so did. I think, uh, Cassius Winston could be a, a poor man's Kyle Lowry. And if, if you get half of that production out of him, then you end up getting a steal at, at, at a late round pick. Yeah, interesting. Interesting.
2: Um, salute to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Once again, let's take uh, two more calls for you, Rafia. How you doing on time, bro? You good on time?
3: Man, I can go all night. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these comments, man. Yeah. Shout out the to NBA draft junkies, ready to go. Let's do it. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that's commenting. Some of the stuff has me laughing, especially the one where they said I had a pizza warming up. Actually, left my <laughs> my dishwasher open and it started ringing. So no pizza. My house isn't burning. <laughs> yeah, people, people were
2: concerned, man. They thought the smoke alarm was
3: going on, <laughs> off in the
2: background, man, but. Yeah, salute everybody in the chat for sure. Let's go to my guy down North Carolina, Jay Boogie's with us. Jay Boogie, how you feeling, man?
10: What's good with everybody? How everybody doing? Staying healthy and safe. Y'all know my line. I like to open up with that and make sure everybody stay healthy and safe. Protect your home, protect your families. And wash your hands. Take care of what you need to do. Do not forget that. Now, let's get back to this basketball thing. That's a
2: fact, man. That's a fact. I'm really upset that Cole
10: Anthony is not performing at this this combine. Because I'm listening to what my man's saying right there with you, CP. If you get injured and then you come back from your injury and you decide to play in college because you feel like you want to show somebody that you got what they think you have, you're supposed to be in this combine. You know what I'm saying? Your stock slid. So you need to be up in there trying to bust somebody to bring your stock back up. I'm a Cole Anthony dude. I told y'all that last week. But just to let my man know, I'm around a lot of NBA players. And I do know in the NBA, it is a such thing as saying that three, four years, it might have took you too long to develop. It took too much time for you to develop. So three and four years, you might reach your peak. You might not get no better than what you are. You know what I'm saying, but I know Cole Anthony is a dog. We need dogs inside Madison Square Garden, man. You got to be a dog to be able to perform it inside them lights, man. If you're not a dog, you're not going. You're not going to survive the situation. A lot of That's people fall fact. to the pressure of Madison Square fact. Garden, but I'm not going to get off my eighth pick if we can't get a legitimate point guard in that top level. Between Melo moving up to get Melo or, 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 or Killian Hayes dropping down. I'm not getting off that boy down there Vanderbilt, that boy Aaron. I highly respect Jerry Stackhouse' work. My man sitting there talking about sleep, that's Jerry Stackhouse' work. That man is the best peer shooter, NBA ready guy in this draft. <laughs> Point blank. I tell you, you never hear nobody say, yo, I want to be like Clay Thompson. He is the next Clay Thompson to the league. Pure sniper. We need him. They come back and... Use them other picks to trade up and get Cole. That solidifies your backcourt. And Cole Anthony can get a bucket, and, and, and he can get a bucket without a play call. Look at the fifth and the sixth games of the playoffs. Them guys get buckets without a timeout, without a play call. That's what makes you an elite box off a player. When the coach ain't running no play for you, and you get your own bucket, you got to be able to get the get a bucket off the bounce. If you ain't got no handle, ain't no need for you to be there. That's why I all. All them guards that we got, they can't do nothing off the bounce. We got to get them out of that clean house. True. And I salute Tom Pivotal. He know what he want. He know what he want to do. And just for my wishful thinking, don't y'all run me out. Don't run me out. Let me tell y'all my wishful thought real quick. <laughs> now you got real the quote, man. You got I had the a dream that we traded to the number one spot. Guess what we did? We traded RJ to Minnesota, got that number one pick, <laughs> came back, Golden the State, they wanted Mitch. We traded that. We had the one and the two, and we got Razzle with Dazzle. That boy Edwards and Mellow back to back. They traded back up with that 27th and the eight pick, and got that boy Wispy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <And we're laughs> I got to go. Yeah. Jay Boogie, you was on a roll to that dream, man. That was a good dream. I want to. I want to have one of them type of dreams. Let me tell you. I did
3: boy. that on two K. My GM. One day I yeah. took a team. I <laughs> traded everybody. Finesse my way up to two or three top <laughs> five picks. So <laughs> shout out to him for dreaming. So,
2: salute my guy Jay Boogie Bear. always supporting the show on a nightly basis. My guy Hoff in the in the chat, James Hurt. Salute to my guy Hoff. Um, Naismith. Short sample size. You got hurt. You had you said some people in the chat were talking about the schedule. What what do you think about
3: it? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the second year Vanderbilt has had a guy miss. Like ninety percent of the season they had it last year with uh, Darius Garland, but he was shooting like fifty something percent from three. Um, he shot lights out the year before. I, I mean, the sample size is legit. Uh, I I like him. I, li- I like him a lot. I think that um, uh, I think that he would provide a need for oh big time for, for the Knicks. Big time. Um, he, can, he can shoot off movement. I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad at that choice. Um, actually, but it's, what the caller had mentioned about Cole Anthony and the combine, one, I don't, it's a virtual combine, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah. So not he's not playing easy, anybody.
5: Easy,
3: to me, that would be his advantage, right. him going up, you know, you roll the ball out and him, you know, I don't know, playing, think about it, if they play like king of the court or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cole Anthony's coming out on top because he's got that game. Um, but then as far as him not being there, I don't think that's his decision. I think that's more so the agent's probably as far as the player's choice, because yeah. players always want to compete. I've never heard of a player say, I don't want to, you know, I'm ducking this guy. It's always the agents right. that usually have to sometimes protect the players. Just don't feel like it's in his best um, interest. Yeah. I got
2: you. I got you. Oh, man. My God. Jay Boogie had the ill dream. I need one of those <laughs> tonight, man. <laughs> for real. Salute so to everybody the in the two chat. Pick hit, Mitch. I mean, was, like I said, Knicks fans. man. Well, yeah, Mitch <laughs> turning to <laughs> Will Chamberlain, right? Take us to the championship. Yeah. Oh, man. Salute so to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got some super chats that came in as well. Let me salute some of the super chats. Salute to um, Yardley Moist. He says, uh, Knicks passed on Mitchell and Hero. Listen, a lot of teams passed on Hero. He was the the 14th pick in last year's draft. 14th to 13th. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's uh you gotta have a good scout and good development. The Heat are going into the championship with a core of Jimmy Butler, who was drafted 30th by the Bulls, but still developed by Tibbs. Mm-hmm. Bam, who who's skyrocketing up there as as a as a top 10, at least. Right now, yep. now they're using the, the word point center out there. So that's the new buzzword. But Bam is killing. He was a 13th or 14th pick. And you got Tyler Hero 13th or 14th pick. So, um, I mean, it just speaks to having a good scouts, having good development, having good culture. That That's the Miami Heat, man. I hate to give him
3: credit, but, you know, that that's just what it is. Um, you want so, to know something funny? Yeah. If Tyler Hero's name was Tyler Herovic from Serbia. Oh, he good at been it. the top five pick, And he got what? I said if his name was Tyler Hirodovich and he was from Serbia and played the same way, he would have been a top five pick. Yeah,
2: you're probably right.
3: But he was bowling at Kentucky though.
2: You know, he he, he was bowling at Kentucky, so. Um...
3: He was, but you know, the thing about Kentucky players is, is I mean, if you want to be honest, it seems like they're better pros. Like, let's mm-hmm. use Cat, for example. Yeah. How many, Cat is arguably the best big man shooter in NBA history, he's shooting like 40% from three as a seven-footer. He didn't shoot threes at Kentucky. Right. Um, Gilgis Alexander, I mean, he he wasn't he didn't show all of this at Kentucky. Yeah. Hero definitely didn't show all this at Kentucky. 80. Bam definitely wasn't showing these point guard passing skills at Kentucky. He yeah. was just, to me, a road man. So I think that and Jamal Murray, I mean, he was the seventh pick. I yeah. don't think that. He showed all this at Kentucky, either. So, I mean, for a guy like Tyrese Maxey, this may help him out in the draft a little bit because it seems like the Kentucky guys, because they have so much talent on their team, right. they're all sacrificed. Hard to establish yourself. Yeah, which is which in one way is good, um, but yeah, I I, I think that um, you know, a guy like I said, Tyrese Maxey, his stock could end up going up based off of all the Kentucky guys that. Looked better as pros than they did in college. I, I agree with that. Plus, you got his assistant coach here, in Kenny Payne. So, as far as oh, Intel, he's, he's going to, yeah, yeah, he's going to. I've been saying for a while, some of these Kentucky CAA guys. I, I think I think you're going to get cat. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I think it's all possible, man. Somebody in the chat earlier was like, you know, you you know, you're overrating the CAA thing. I don't I don't think so. I
3: don't think no. so. Um might like get Pat Booker, Donovan Mitchell. I yeah, mean, the guy, Johnny Bryan is from Utah. They're going to be after all those guys, man. Yeah, it's from the area. I mean, the, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I, I think the Knicks are going to be back in the very short term. Whoever they draft this year may not even be in their long-term plans. It may be packaged for a bigger deal, but I, I, yeah. I think this CAA situation is going to turn the Knicks into a super team in the very near future. I hope hope you're right, man. We got 1124 in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys.
2: We're climbing up to 500 likes. We got 416, 1123 in the chat. So, to everybody watching all around the world, Uh, throw your cities in the chat. Wherever you guys are checking in from, throw your cities in the chat. And if your team hashtag new, throw the hashtag new in there as well. We'll shout you guys out. More Super Chats. Richard David, appreciate it. He says, uh, Cole Anthony, going to be like MPJ after we pass. Uh, Chico Fernandez says Killian Hayes will finally be the French player we get right. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Hit that thumbs up button for you, boys. A little salute to Chico. He knows the deal. Michael Parker, number one fan of the show, says um Lamelo's best play in the draft. He's ready to trade RJ, the eighth pick and a Dallas pick, period. Michael Parker's not so high on RJ Barrett. So he wants Lamelo at all costs. Uh my my guy Paul Quick, checking in from the West Coast. Salute to Paul Quick. LA in the building. Chris Dada, he says, finally a Knicks fan and draft junkie collabo. He was waiting on it. Can RJ Hampton's (laughs) new jumper hold up under game conditions? Love his speed and size. I like Trey Jones over Cassius. His defense is wicked and off on the rise. What do you think about that, Rafael? Can RJ's jumper
3: hold up in game situations? I mean, you see the time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, at this point in time, we'll tell. But the first time I saw him work on it with his new shot, his elbow used to be out a little bit. And um, I I started I I don't know, maybe it was maybe March, maybe? I don't know. And I I went to the gym and I watched him work out. And then when I went a couple weeks ago, he was just knocking down shot after shot. I mean, the confidence is there. Um, He was actually shooting really, really deep shots, like past NBA range. Not necessarily because he's working on shooting that far, but I just think it was for the, you know, just to make sure his shot is effortless yeah. and then, um, you know, just the muscle memory. Right, muscle memory. But yeah. um, and but like I said, this was just one day that I was there. They didn't really do anything as far as like shooting off the dribble on the move. This was just him getting up a bunch of set shots to, um, you know, work on his form. Like they didn't know I was coming in. Um, so it wasn't like this was a planned workout. For the camera, so I can put it out there. It was just I reached out to his dad, said, "Hey, you know, can I, you know, pull up?" He was like, "Yeah." And then, you know, maybe like 15 minutes later, I was there. So, um, and then I should have some more stuff coming up. Okay. Um, but I, one thing I will say about RJ, and a lot of people don't don't know this, but I mean, if you follow him on Instagram, he's been spending a week in Dallas. And then the next week he goes to Memphis and his shooting coach is Mike Miller. So okay. I think that could be um, a plus. And then he's, while he's in Memphis. Yeah. He was he's working, out working with Penny, out with right? Penny or he's be working off. out with Penny, right? Yep. So he's going back and forth between Penny and Mike Miller. Okay. So I think that's, you know, those are a couple of guys that for you sure. can learn from. For sure.
2: De- definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah. Good stuff. Good, good Intel for sure. Make sure you guys check my guys page on YouTube, NBA draft junkies. A um, couple more calls. Let me salute to the global chat because we got people from all over the world in here. Salute my guy, Jao Vitor. checking in from Brazil, Porto Alegre. We got the Bronx in here, BX, Louis Soto, checking in from LA. Trap Boy Hustle, um, PCB Florida. We got North Carolina in here, Kevin K, Staten Island, stand up, Shaolin, what's going on? We got um, Just Do It checking in from Taipei, Taiwan. Far East Side. We're going all the way out there. Okay. Um, KA's World says hashtag new from Jersey. We got Ben Showmion checking in from um, Minneapolis, Minnesota in the building. My guy Eddie Rolden was in here four hours early. Raphael. We got the early gang in here. My guy John Talento's in here early. Eddie Rolden, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Salute to Eddie. Flatbush Book, Brooklyn, my guy Marlon Small checking in. So yeah, man, we worldwide. So to Frederick, 305, Miami. Josh Smalls checking in from San Diego. Uh, Louis Lopez checking in from Puerto Rico. Raging Ruby says he's checking in from Guam. All right. I don't know if wow. you're in the armed forces, but yeah, shout out to Guam, man. If you guys are in the service, uh appreciate the service. Okay. Couple more calls before we wrap up. Definitely want to hear from the mayor of the program, Delano from North Carolina. Delano, what's going on, man?
11: Yo, salute to everybody in the chat. Salute to UCP. Uh, salute to Raphael. Um, you know what I'm saying from uh, NBA Draft Junkies. You know what I'm saying. Follow his channel as well. And you know what I'm saying. We had a couple of um good um back and forth conversations. You know what I'm saying um in regards to the to the draft pick um once we found out that we went eight. Um, I'm okay with the idea of getting, um, Obi Toppin. Um, only, like I said, and, and I've always been a proponent of, um, I would rather us build with the, you know what I'm saying? With the youth. If that's what we're going to do, then that's what we should do overall. Um, I know we'll need veterans in specific spots, but, um, I don't think, um, Mitch, I mean, not Mitch. Um, I don't think Randall was a good fit with us. So I would sacrifice, um, you know what I'm saying, getting another guy to fill his spot. So that way when his uh, contract is up, then, you know what I'm saying, we're not back to looking for another uh, power forward. So I would be okay with topping. I prefer Killian Hayes personally um, just because I think this is a draft where we can address need over um, best available and we need a floor general. You know, Um, something I've been saying for a while, um, if we end up going the, the OB topping route, then um, what are your thoughts on the prospect of even maybe so, uh, selecting Kira Lewis, whether that's a trade up from 27 or, you know, if he lands that I said 27, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Hey, I, I would love to. I don't how aggressive would the Knicks be from 27? I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard that. Like, you know, I don't know if they're point guard or bus in this draft. Um, but I would love to. If they can go up and get Kira, I I would love to do it. What's your thoughts on Kira, Raphael?
3: I I like him a lot. I like his speed. I think speed kills. Um, I I think in order for him to maximize his potential is that he'll need floor spacing. If he doesn't have floor spacing, then I think it kind of hurts his speed. But I I think that he can be a poor man's De'Aaron Fox. Hmm. I, I think so. And he's so young. Like, he he just finished his sophomore season and he's probably the same age as some of the guys that are, you know, just finishing their freshman year. Like last summer I watched him play in Greece. He was on the under 19 team. It was him and Halliburton. And even like his teammate, a couple of his teammates on that team were Jalen Green, who is not into the 2021 draft. There was a couple of high school guys on his team. So that's how young he is. So I think that he's been underrated um, just because um you know, I, I think that if he would have stayed in his original high school class, then I think that he would have been, you know, considered one of the top point guards in his class. So I like him a lot. I don't know um, his range, but I have seen some people, at least on my channel, say that they would, if they were New York, they would take him at, at number eight. At eight.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
3: Listen, uh, I love his game.
2: How, how well do, do Tibbs and, and Gang love it? We'll see. Time, time will tell, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be mad at it. You know, I'm not here to tell you guys uh, what the draft board should look like. I, I know the profile of players that I'm looking for, he certainly fits the build. Um, So let, let's see how, how they feel about him when the draft gets here on November 18th. Let's go to um, A.B., the hero from Indianapolis. What's going on, man? Hey,
9: what's happening? What's happening? All right. So I wanted to call in. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted ahead. to call back my guy Rafael. Tell his story about um when he watched Melo um uh, prepping for a game and then came out slow that first half. So I've watched a ton of Melo. I uh, was one of the commentators when they had the JBA. Um, I do some stuff on YouTube and following the family pretty close for a while. So I got to travel a lot watching them play basketball. And the story that you told reminded me of one we played um Seska Moscow over in Russia. And uh, it was interesting because I'm talking to one of the execs to kind of get information on the team. And he's asking me about LaMelo. And he's watching him practice. And he's saying the same thing ah, oh, man, the, the warm up, look at him not taking it serious. This does not a big deal to him. And then after the game is over and he watches Melo turn up and hit the switch in the game, he comes to me and is like, yo, I was wrong. This is the dude. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm he does have that bit of and this was also like 16 17 at the time so you gotta keep in mind that he's like 18 19 right now so Mm -hmm. he has that little bit of still immaturity at at, like kind of with some of the things that he does but i think that the reason why we're seeing him participate in the in the combine is because he's trying to show a lot of folks that during this pandemic there's some work that has been put in right so I wouldn't be surprised if mm. when you see him stand side by side with some of these younger cats, his body mass is, is a lot better than some of these dudes. And I think that this is a, a twofold thing to show that. But then also, like, just to be like, I'm not afraid to do it. So I think with the Puma deal and some of these other things, we know that the, with the family, the brand, and the business has got to be right. I think that this is just a strategic play from that point as well. But if you, I love that one dude's dream. And I would say that <laughs> if you're a Knicks guy, y'all to do whatever y'all can to get my man Melo up there in New York because it's going to be crazy.
2: Okay. Pre- appreciate the call and the insight, man. De- definitely appreciate that. A yeah, and I wanted to add to that. Like, Go ahead, bro.
3: So let's, let's say, for example, if LaMelo ends up in New York, right? And I've talked to NBA players and guys that play for Tibbs, and one of the things they used to joke about is, like, one guy said, man, we used to get our ankles taped for practice. Like, <laughs> we didn't have shoot-arounds and sweats. Ankles take full contact practices, right? So, Mello's, you know, the, the, the kind of cool, calm, lackadaisical effort that he showed, and at least what I saw and then what the caller was talking about, Tibbs is not going for that. And then now you got a fight between Tibbs and the front office or, you know, Tibbs may not want to play him because I think Tibbs wants dogs. Like straight, I, I think like a Cole Anthony is a Tibbs type guy, while management may be like, look, we just drafted, we just traded up, we just got this guy, you got to play him. And I can see Tibbs saying like, I don't see this type of effort. Yeah. So, um and I'm just using that as an example. I think it's a long shot that, that LaMelo ends up in, in New York, but I just think that there's a certain type of guy that Tibbs wants and um, and you know I just don't think like Mello's personality and all the fanfare. fan Cla
2: Lavo for sure, be, if he's not ready yeah. or if Tibbs feels yeah. like he's not ready because you know Tibbs will err on, on going with the vet or, or like you said, that, that kid that um, has some maturity you know, to, to, to take the keys and run with it from day one. So, um, so certainly interesting, certainly interesting. All right. Last call of the night. We're going to go to, um, let's go to ice water from Brooklyn. Ice water. What's going on, man?
12: Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Good, Um, man. How you
2: feeling?
12: Ross, yeah, how What's you that? doing, Rafael? Uh, let me tell you something. Good. I've been waiting for a guy like you to come on this show for so long. <laughs> because uh, ever since I've been calling here, I've been saying how the Knicks should not draft Lamelo Ball at all under any circumstances. And I've been getting argued down like, oh, Lamelo is nice, and you know, the court vision and everything. I just don't see it. Um, you know, the just like you said, his father put him in positions where. You know, the teams have been built around him. He's not really had any good coaching. Um, he hasn't been put in um he hasn't been put in situations where he's been tested. Uh to me, um Lamello was the Takashi six nine of basketball. I mean this dude is just hype. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? Come it's on, all hype, there's no substance. Takashi's
2: name is not is not is favorable
12: right now, man. Come on, don't put that on, on, on LaMelo. Don't put the jacket on him. Come on, it's man. I'm just talking about the hype. I ain't talking about everything else. I'm just talking about the <laughs> hype part. Um, yeah. You know, if you look at the guy, he has no fundamentals. He dribbles standing up. Uh, he's lacking. I mean, the guy, I, I just don't see it. And you don't, you don't draft number two um, to, um, for potential especially with a point guard, if you're going to draft that high, that guy's supposed to come in and kind of contribute immediately. And I don't see LaMelo contributing immediately like a Cole Anthony. Um, he might not even contribute immediately, but you can see that that guy's built for New York. Uh, a Carol Lewis, you could see that he's built for New York um, I, with LaMelo. I just don't see it. And I, it it would take a long time. And um, just like Raphael was saying, he's going to turn out to be like his brother. I mean, That's just what I see. And I, I, Knicks fans are starving so hard for for relevancy. They want to get LaMelo because they want to be relevant, but that doesn't mean that's going to turn you into a winner. And I just don't see that dude as a winner. I don't see LaMelo as a winner. Um, You know, so uh, I would much rather Take a chance on Cole Anthony at eight, okay. even though he's not projected that high. Um, if that's the need, and if you think that that guy can contribute, you draft him at eight. Uh, the same thing with Kira Lewis, the same thing with uh, Nismith. The, the team is, I mean, the, the, the way the NBA is going now, it's about guys that can create their own shots. Sure. I don't see that with LaMelo. I do see that with Cole Anthony. I think Cole Anthony can create his own shot. I think Kira Lewis is fast and quick, mm-hmm. um, and he can keep up with other guards in the league. And Nismith is a shooter, and he's a floor spacer, and that's what the Knicks need. Big time. Don't need flash. Okay, Pre- appreciate so, the call, so, you know, Iceman. I
2: appreciate the call. I was going to bang it on him early, man, when he, when he threw the 6-9 comment out there, but he seemed like he really wanted to talk to you, bro, so I kept it nice. I kept it nice. <laughs> That was coming of the day. threw the six out there said, Whoa, 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 let's not assassinate the kid's character here, Icewater. Come on, man. <laughs> so let me let me hear from Tori from Queens, man. Tori, Tori, we'll give Tori the last word. Go ahead, bro. Hey, what's going on, man?
8: How you doing, so, man? Go
2: ahead, what's your point?
10: Y'all both throw amazing content out there. I'm gonna put that out there, right? Appreciate like, it. Like, I follow both pages, you know what I mean? Like amazing content. Like, the way I vision it, like, we really need defense, and we need speed. I really think we should go with R.J. Hampton, and somehow, if we can get Devin himself uh, and R.J. Hampton, like, those are two dogs I know Thibs is gonna love. You know what I mean? And I feel like we could have, like, another Chicago. Like, Thibs in Chicago with D. Rose and dang and like you know like i really feel like we can move if we have like you know spacing on the court guys who can you know get up and down the court play defense get up shots quick you know and like like i said like that old chicago style play that uh Derek rose was
7: running like that's what i envision.
9: yeah well... what are your
10: thoughts on rj
7: hampton Go
2: ahead, man. Well, I think, I think Raphael, you you gave it, but go ahead and close on, on RJ and what you think uh, his prospects will be.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I like him, like I mentioned earlier. I don't know if he's a, a one early in his career, um, but I think that he's a guy that could play both positions eventually. I think speed kills. He has the speed to be able to get in the paint. I think that uh, he has the size and length to be able to defend three positions on the floor. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I like RJ. I mean um, part of me is a little biased because, you know, he's from the Dallas area and I live here and I've had a chance to watch him since high school. Um, But the thing that I like about him and I think would be a a good fit for New York if, if they draft him is that he does have that competitive fire and he, he is a dog. I mean, he was a guy that in high school, he bullied guys, even though he was, you know, he's not the biggest guy in stature as far as strength, but he attacked the rim every play. And I mean, there was a matchup with Tyrese Maxey in high school and he just straight up dominated him in that matchup. Mm. And so, um, but yeah, I, I just think that he has that fire and competitiveness that I think like New York fans and, and Tibbs would like.
2: Interesting, man. Well, time will tell what, uh,
3: what his draft fate will, will hold,
2: man. But, Rafael, I, I definitely uh, appreciate you coming on and giving us some insights, man. This, this was definitely a great show. We got to do it again, definitely, before draft time. So to everybody who called in, we will definitely get one of these again. So if you didn't get a chance to get your question in, uh, we'll, we'll certainly give you guys another chance before the draft. Raphael, I'm going to throw it on your screen let the people know where uh, where they can find you, bro.
3: Yeah, first of all, thanks a lot for having me on, on the show, reaching out to me. It's been a lot of fun. I know it's been like almost an hour and a half, but I mean this is this has been great. The the fans are funny, the comments. I wish I could read them all. Um even the ones that disagree and agree. I mean, I, I just think that you have a great platform here. Anytime you want me to come on as a guest, I'm I'm all for it. Well, you can reach me at, um, you know, my YouTube channel, is NBA Draft Junkies, my website, nbadraftjunkies.com. Um, I have a, uh, my Twitter is, I mean, you can type in my name, Rafael Barlow, it'll come up. And then um, I have an NBA Draft Junkies Instagram page. I need to be more active on it. I mean, I kind of, when I talked to you last week about the micro content, um, how important it is. But, you know, I'm a one-man gang here, so all the uh, all the production from, you know, my videos, the YouTube site, uh, the website, all of that was, was done by me. I had to create everything uh, on my own, so, um, but I, I definitely need to step up on, on like, the- uh, On the, the grind, microphone. man. All, all
2: good, man. When you're on the grind, yeah. you, you gotta wear all the hats, man. It's all good, bro. Yep, that, yep, definitely. So-
3: but yeah, that's where you can find me at. Um, you know, even on my channel, I try to respond to as many as many uh, comments as I can, and, and I can talk drafts all day long. I mean, this is something that I wanted to do since I was a kid, and I've just been fortunate enough to someone be able to make it a career. So, and to the caller that says my real name, Rafael, Yeah, that's my real name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why would you lie? <laughs> right. <laughs> my stage <favorite> name. Facts. <laughs> why would you
2: lie, man. Uh, great job man great job as always Raphael man and um continued success bro definitely thank you so success. much man I appreciate it absolutely man my guy Raphael Barlow the NBA Draft Junkies make sure you guys um follow him man before I cut it man oh man I was uh I was doing the dishes Thursday night after the game was it Thursday night yeah after the game and um my Twitter starts blowing up and uh they're like yo Chuck D gave you a shout out on on inside the NBA so here it
0: is he surprised Marv Albert oh wow he and I were talking yes. today and he even said oh yeah I've talked to Chuck D before uh, and so tell folks how did he influence what you do
1: Growing up we're, we're in in New York area, and sorry about this, Chuck, and big up to my, my people, Knicks Fans TV, and also the KOT, CP, and you know, them, that I am grew up as a Knicks fan. Charles Barkley, my favorite player, but I'm a Knicks fan. And Marv Albert. Man, salute to
2: Chuck D, man. Definitely appreciate the shout out. Yeah, I was just minding my, my own business, man. I'm, I was just, just getting ready, closing out the night. I was finished watching the game. And people told me that uh, that that Chuck came on there and, and saluted us, man. Definitely meant a lot. Salute to you, Chuck. Uh, definitely appreciate the support, and and it just goes a long way. Like I said, man, to to be able to to call on you as a mentor and for everything that you give to the show, you know, for everything that you do for the culture and 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 just your knowledge of sports, everything, man. We 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 appreciate it. We appreciate all the the support, man, and and that was major, so definitely, big shout out to Chuck D, new Public Enemy album, what you gonna do when the grid falls down, make sure you guys check that out, it's on all streaming services right now, so definitely check that out, and uh, yeah, once again, people, great show gonna be back uh, this week, gotta get my guy JL's back on the show, so we'll be back later on this week and recap what's going on Um, Nick's open up practice, Nick's open up practice past couple of weeks, so you're seeing a lot of uh, content coming out from Nick's social channels, guys participating. No Mitch. Mitch is at home with, uh, I think, his, his new baby girl. so Mitch is spending some family time, but uh, heavy attendance. A lot of guys in attendance, a lot of the regulars, a lot of the upcoming free agents, pending free agents, uh, also at camp as well. So starting to bond with Tibbs and the coaching staff. So we'll see what happens, man. But once again, great show, everybody. Uh, remember this show is available in audio podcast format Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, and Stitcher Salute to all the mods Salute to TV Dave, for throwing the highlights together Once again, thank you, NBA Draft Junkie, TM Appreciate all the help as usual uh, Salute to Paul Quick Salute to uh, Jason uh, Salute to G Money John Talento, always in here. Optimus Prime, for the peace Appreciate it, Chan BX, appreciate it Will Rose We'll be back later on this week, people. Great show. Peace.